America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Good evening. You're listening to Radio Contra, Sons of Liberty Live. The tone is not a jovial one, as normal, as expected, and as usually is very welcome. Instead, tonight is a somber tone. Tonight is a serious tone to address the severity of the situation in America. Just 30 minutes ago, the speech given by President Joe Robinette Biden addressing the United States, these United States, in prime time was given in an attempt, at least so the narrative is told, to unify the country against an enemy. What enemy, which is very clearly stated and was stated again and again, you and I. I would like to cover some notes that I have here and give a rebuttal, a very modest one. And I come to you tonight first as an American, as a lover of freedom, as an American patriot, as a soldier, as a warrior, as a leader, as a Christian, as a husband, and a father. The president's speech began immediately labeling nearly half the voting populace, if not more, as adversaries, not political adversaries, but adversaries of the nation. The rhetoric coming from D.C. over the past several weeks has intensified to a boiling point this past week, culminating in today with a White House spokesperson standing before a national audience and declaring that anyone who is outside of the majority opinion is an extremist. 
the president's speech went on questioning honesty, decency, and respect as keynote pillars to democracy. I ask you, President Biden, what democracy are you describing? What honesty are you describing? Is it the one where you made millions of dollars off of dubious overseas contracts? 10% to the big guy? Perhaps it's the political corruption of your son. Perhaps it's the $50 million that we know about that you made from the communist Chinese who are America's adversary. Decency. Is decency running a censorship campaign that is now being exposed on social media? Is this the work of decency in a free and fair country? A transparent democracy, which you reminded us over and over that we have? How about respect? Respect for your political foes as your countrymen. Respect that is due. Respect that is earned. Respect that you have not given. Democracy. Define democracy. Is democracy simply one man, one vote? Is it a multi-party system? Is it a bicameral system? Define it. We have a qualitative statement in saying we are defending democracy. We need a qualitative statement on exactly what that means. You repeatedly addressed this notion of political violence. Specifically, you addressed the 6th of January. Did you address the previous insurrection at the Capitol or St. John's Cathedral, the Episcopal Church, where you took communion, where President Bush took communion, that was physically desecrated and set on fire during the Black Lives Matter riots and insurrection, where visible threats were made towards the White House. You failed to address these. Further, you failed to address the political violence that has continued to go unabated. The courthouse in Portland that fell under siege for nearly 90 days and is still contested with the streets of Portland giving way to rampant anarchy that we see day in, day out. Or how about Chicago? Or how about New York City? Where its citizens are being robbed and assaulted time and time again. Meanwhile, your leftist allies simply release these people from jail without bail, without punishment to commit more crimes. President Biden, from the 6th of January, to my knowledge, the only people who were assaulted and died on that day were patriots. Further, 
we still have political prisoners in this country. This is not up for debate. Two years, nearly two years after the incident, we still have people who are denied their due process rights under the law. But law is a relative term to you. You cannot define extremism or extremists aside from simply describing your political adversaries. And yet you beg us to do the opposite. You beg us to suspend our own belief. You beg us to suspend that which we observe with our own eyes and hear with our own ears to believe your hollow words. Any extremist explicitly, according to you, is a make America great Republican, a person who believes in this country, a person who pays their taxes, a person who runs their business, who lives in the spirit of this country. And despite the fact that there may be political failings at the top, we believe in our nation. We believe in the political process and the election of Donald Trump and every one of these politicians that we have entrusted with the public power through the primary system. You are now describing as domestic terrorists. You are labeling us and them as the enemy. It will not fall on silent ears. We do not forget. You went on to describe that political violence and the threats of political violence are unacceptable in American society. I concur. I concur. So then from the same mouth that utters this, threats of violence, threats of force, threats of airstrikes with F-15s, which you uttered this week, are unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. To you and your followers, there is no more political dialogue to be engaged in. Threats of violence are commonplace in the town square, in the marketplace of ideas, in the social media outlets, in Twitter, in Facebook. Any political dissension from the left, from the official narrative, is instantly is instantly labeled an insurrectionist. That which is not worthy of life. You are tone deaf to the riots and the language that is being used by your own base. Not just today, not just this election cycle, but for the past decade. The riots, the looting, the urban violence that has went unabated. And it's getting worse. And it's on your watch. You go on to state that the MAGA Republicans, the Make America Great Again Republicans, and from this point forward, I will simply label them as Republicans because that is the current state of the party as has been spoken in the primaries. 
From 2016 forward, the left did not accept the outcome of the presidential election. You would not accept the outcome. Every measure that you took, every intrusion that you made, every one of your allied media outlets spun narratives that were false and you abused the power of the state against the sitting president of the United States as well as private citizens. This was all exposed and there was no accountability. There still has been no accountability. And yet, you accuse us of doing that which you are guilty. You say that we have no respect for the rule of law, and yet you are the ones that promote anarchy. You are the ones specifically who are responsible for the destruction of our urban centers, for the failings of our education system, for the destruction that was brought about through the lockdowns of COVID-19. That is on your plate. That is on you. You were in charge. You did that. Who is suppressing votes, Mr. President? I would like to know how the party in power can claim that voter suppression is occurring. Could it be through the censorship campaign that is ongoing and being exposed now on the social media platforms? It cannot be. If you are accusing the party that is out of power of voter suppression, then this cannot, cannot be true. And yet we're seeing this. It's right before our very eyes. And again, you are asking us to deny reality. The economy is a wreck. Please spare us with your self-praise. The economy is a wreck. We have 9% inflation. All projection, all honest projection, is saying that this is going to go higher. The U.S. Treasury is backing off of bonds meaning that the interest rate is going to go higher yet again. Europe is without fuel. They are entering a very dark winter. Poland right now is declaring that Germany must pay them emergency reparations for World War II because they are broke. This is leading to deep fracturing within NATO. The root cause of all this is your ill-fated war in Ukraine. You go on to mention your climate initiative. Well, your climate initiative is spearheaded by your heir apparent, Governor Gavin Newsom. And it's very interesting how cosmopolitan his moves have been. California is on the verge of a blackout, putting out emergency notices that people are to not charge their electric vehicles. The people are now immobilized and they will be in panic. But then again, this is exactly what you want. This is your real goal, and freedom is not it. President Biden, we are in a recession. To say that manufacturing is being brought back to the United States might be a fun talking point in your home state of Pennsylvania, where the the Rust Belt and the people that used to inhabit it are now suffering under the heels of poverty, being forced and relegated to government-subsidized programs and having to live 
under the heel of Purdue Pharmaceuticals. It is no shock that the opioid crisis has a direct correlation with poverty, a poverty in the Appalachian region, which you had a very strong hand in contributing to. You have no intention of bringing American manufacturing back. If you were, if you were to do such a thing, you'd bring the coal industry back. But you murdered it. You murdered it your first six months in office. And in fact, not only did you murder it, you made sure with your EPA regulations that it could not come back. Further, as an insult to injury, you raised taxes on everyone. We're experiencing manufacturing shortages, shutdowns, and people who have now exited the marketplace. Mr. Biden, what is your plan to make any of this come back? You have none. To make all these statements might gain you a point in the polls. I doubt that it will, but they're hollow. Just like Obama, your forebear, the man you served as vice president for two terms under, stating shovel-ready jobs, there was no such thing. It was a lie. It was all a lie from the top to the bottom. And here we are. These are not the realities for people on Main Street who are struggling to get by. The small business owner who's being shut down, who had to live under the specter, the heel of your stormtroopers, shutting down businesses, shutting down private businesses. And now you've hired 87,000 IRS agents, deputized them, federalized them, and given them arms to go after us. Main Street knows. Main Street knows. Don't lie to us. And during this, Mr. President, you dared to state that Republicans were responsible for COVID. This is the most asinine of all of the statements that you have made to this point in your speech. When you state that people deserve justice, justice for all, how about for dissenters? How about for those who do not agree with you? How about those who question the official narrative? Because I will remind you that you still have political prisoners. You have labeled your opposing party as political enemies, not just of you, not just of the Democrat Party, but of the United States. This is unacceptable in a free country. One would think that you would be a fan of every form of transparency possible if there is a question to legitimacy of government that you increase the transparency and you remove the doubt and instead you have done the opposite you've been exposed reinforcing censorship and i fear that the worst is yet to come 
I will remind you that America, the United States, these United States are a nation, not an idea. We are not an idea. We are a nation and we are a nation of laws. And I am an American nationalist, not one that is based in race or any sort of theory, but one that is based in love of country. One that is fought for my nation side by side with people of every race, creed, and color. And to be labeled anything other than what you have labeled very disrespectfully of all of your political enemies, I find absolutely reprehensible. You have threatened us with violence on multiple occasions. You state that political violence is unacceptable in a democracy, in a republic, May I remind you and correct you, Mr. President? And yet you have habitually threatened your political opponents. Why? I'll take you behind the gym. I'd take you behind the gym. I'd like to take you behind the gym. Corn Pop, yeah, he was a bad dude, right? You've threatened us over and over and over again, both implicitly and explicitly. It will no longer be tolerated. We are speaking out, as you proclaim, the one last line of your speech. The duty of Americans is to speak out and be heard. Indeed, I concur. That is what we are doing. We are exercising our First Amendment. Rights cannot exist without duty. For a right to exist, the right to a freedom of the press, the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, is to exercise it as thus. Mr. President, I will remind you very peacefully, in a peaceful petition, a redress to governance, to tone down your rhetoric, to increase the transparency, I am offering at this time, as a conservative, as a patriot, as an American, as a veteran, tone it down, offer transparency, stop with the petty tyranny. You're leading us down a path that no one wants to go. But you're also dog whistling to your own base. We're smart enough to know this. I don't believe that anyone knows the end of the road that you're going down, but I can promise you this having seen it in Iraq, having seen it in Afghanistan, it's nowhere good. And with that said, I will say this as well. We will continue to train. We will continue to prepare. And we will, under no circumstances, disarm or back down. So with that said, folks, offering up a very stern rebuttal tonight in light of 
the things that have been going on. Uh, <clears throat> of course, you know, it, it is uh, very, very important uh, on this evening. We have a full house in here. Of course, we've got Madman Actual, uh, my very good friend, Mr. Chris Dodge, of course, Johnny Paratrooper, and always Patriot Man in here as well. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you, brother. That was one of the best speeches I've heard from you in a very long time. And I think that I, I couldn't have said it better myself. There's nothing I disagree with it. And it was just spot on, brother. Thank you. Um, well, um, I just took notes. I listened to him line by line and uh, wrote, wrote the notes. Well, and, it's... You know, I, I, you know, I text you before this podcast going on, and um, obviously for those who are listening, we now have two podcasts, uh, two uh, Twitter accounts for American Partisan. One is Radio Contra AP, and the other one is Brush Beater Actual, which is Scout's account. Um, and I, what I wanted to add to this discussion before everyone else weighs in, because I wanted to get their perception on this, was... Uh, I tweeted out a, a seven-part tweet that, to me, was the internal dialogue of your average MAGA voter, right? The person who, they might have voted for Obama in 2016 or 2012, uh, in 2012 or, 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 or uh, 2008, and, and 2016 they decide, you know, that was one of the big demographics that voted for Trump in 2016 was people who were previously Obama voters. This was kind of the internal dialogue I had. And I wanted to get your collective opinion as to whether or not this was accurate or not. So, um, to me, this is the internal dialogue of someone who voted for Trump. And here in Biden's speech, this is kind of what they're talking to themselves about. Um, so, you know, he's called me an extremist for exercising my democratic rights. I just wanted jobs to be be in our country and illegal immigration to stop and for president to put us first. I'm not an extremist for that. I mean, shit, Joe down the street voted for Trump too. He cares for his family. He fought for his country. He has that small little welding business he started up. I mean, I've known Joan for 20 years. He's not extreme. I mean, hell, Pastor Frank supported Trump too. He's a God-fearing man. How is he possibly extreme? I mean, hell, our whole country went 65% for Trump. We're an extremist. I mean, are we? I don't I don't think we are. I mean, we love America. We have our flags out. I donate to veteran organizations and the Red Cross. We don't judge people. And to me, these people have been in power for three decades. They don't know me or Joe or Frank or anyone. They sit on the balcony of their silver tower and tell us what they should what they think we should feel and believe. Well, I got something for them. I mean, uh, can I get my sons John and Sam over here? Do me a favor, check see what ammo we have. We have less than a thousand rounds. Just go out and go, go see Jerry at the general store and just buy what we need to get a thousand rounds for each. Um, my wife, Martha, let's lay in double the amount of seeds for next year. Let's get some more jars for cannon. And can you call your brother Harry and have him add an extra pig to his farm for us? I'll call David, you know, my, my childhood best friend, and top off the fuel tanks. I think things might get bad. I know we haven't been as regular with our family prayer groups, but I think we might get back to that. That whole sequence of events that I just described, which I literally just wrote off the top of my head, I feel like most of the people 
who are the quote-unquote MAGA Republicans are going to be in that category at some point in that conversation. Not every point, but some point. And to me, the angle that he took painting anyone who voted for Trump, knowing the voting patterns and knowing everything, there's going to be a lot of Americans tonight or tomorrow when they read the headlines who have a self-inflection and say, that's not me. He's lying. Because he's saying I'm this, but I'm not. To me, the only thing that this speech did was to try to save his 38% approval rating. And by that, I mean the left hates him. The far left does not like him. They don't see the way that some of our far-right companions see the moderate Republicans and say, oh, well, you know what? He's not perfect, but he's 70%, so we'll vote for him. That's not how the far left sees their candidates. So he, he made a deliberate point to say MAGA forces. Forces is a strong word. Because forces conjures, oh, it's a militant force we have to deal with. And that was deliberate. So to me, uh, Biden's speech was against Trump, sure, so he doesn't run again, against MAGA Republicans, but try to energize that base saying, no, now we're in an existential crisis and you might not like me a lot and might be, you know, part of my disapproval, but now this is what we're fighting against. To me, and I, I don't want to sound, you know, oh, this is a big deal. This was a declaration of war in my mind. And so I will relinquish my time back to the to the group. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, he uh, they've been doing this and uh, the, the speech, the tone the backdrop, the setting, everything was done. It was very purposefully done. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, other guys. I am not afraid of red lights. Uh, that whole Darth Vader (laughs) scene he had going on. Didn't, didn't scare me one bit. Um, just over the past week, some of the stuff I've seen or heard out of these people from the White House specifically. Um, You know, I joined the Army right out of high school. So the first seven years of my adult life, I was fighting the Tuscan Raiders. And uh, now they're calling me the bad guy because I don't like the status quo where most politicians are corrupt and get away with it. And, uh, you know, we're stuck paying taxes and getting shit on at every turn and we don't like it and we wanted it to change uh so yeah voted for trump and no i don't agree with everything he does or says but um the make america great again movement itself yeah i'm down with it because the status quo sucks it's not working for anybody and uh, well it works for the people at the top because it's a Ponzi scheme. So I said it on Twitter like a hundred times a day. If they want to call me an extremist, like I'll own it. I don't care. Like I'm an extremist for freedom and liberty. You know, my family signed the Mayflower compact. Um, 
we've been here for a while. So if they want to call me an extremist, by all means, I don't care what they call me. I'm not going anywhere. And they can kiss my ass at the end of the day. I wish I could be as eloquent as Scout was, but I've been sipping on whiskey and uh, I'm a little irritated by that whole speech because he just kept ignoring everything that the left does. He was talking oh, yeah. about political violence and po- politicians encouraging it. It's like, well, all right, Maxine Waters was telling people to go out and scream at people in restaurants. And Nancy Pelosi said to go out in the street. I mean, how many videos have we seen of Democrat politicians? MTG getting squatted to, to go. three nights yep. in a row. Yep. And yeah, you know, um, it's just the, the clear hypocrisy. And, and that's a... That, that's what concretes it in. It's like, you know what? We're done. We're done talking. This is over. I'll be here waiting. When you guys want to ring the dinner bell, I'll come. I'll show up. Madman, to that point, I don't I don't mean to jump in, but Scout and I have had this conversation a lot over the times I've been down there. And and two things you brought up are absolutely it's like, oh, do what I say and I'm gonna do. Sure. We already accept that. We know that about this this thought. Whatever. But we've been there and said, you know what? Yeah, exactly what you said. You want to ring that dinner bell. Like, I don't think you're going to get the meal that you want. But if you ring that dinner bell, okay. Well, you know, we'll cash in that uh, that ShopRite card and be like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll cash this and get this meal and, 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 and have what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm over it, you know. There's no dialogue left to have. <laughs> They, they just keep doubling down, and now they're using shitty intimidation tactics where he looks like uh, the freaking politician from V for, v for Vendetta. Um, you know, he's trying to scare people. <laughs> that is well, so good. That is so That's good. That's exactly what it was. He, he's trying to intimidate people, and it's these little stupid yeah. psyop bullshit things they have going on. And, you know, they build the rhetoric up all week, and then he has a whole speech about it. And I want people to realize that he didn't say that the threat to democracy was uh, Russia or China or jihadists or anything like that. It was MAGA Republicans, the MAGA movement, people who don't like the way the country is going and don't feel like they had a voice. That's the threat to their democracy because their democracy is not our democracy. There's no hour about it. That is a play on words. It's total nonsense. It is their democracy, Amen. not our republic. Two totally different right. things. It's total bullshit. All right, I'll let somebody else talk. No, no, no. It's, yeah, I was going to say, you're on a roll. we got plenty of time, brother. You keep going. Yeah, keep right. reaching. Democracy, democracy is a loaded term. That's why they use that. You know, North Korea is a democracy. The Chinese Communist Party is a democracy, right? These these are democratic institutions, all right? You you vote, but there's one party, right? It's basically a primary, and that's it. Um, but you're getting the candidates, and unless you're inside the party, you don't really have a say in in what goes on. Okay, that is exactly what's happened. Right? That, that's what's continuing to happen. And so when they use the term democracy, it's a very specific term. Notice that they have not said republic. They've not said our republic. They will not utter the words our republic. 
They will not say Republican. They want you to forget that the Republic exists. They do not want this. Okay, they, they are using specific language. You know, Madman, you, you said it best. And I'll remind all the listeners out there, because we've got a lot of new listeners. Uh, Radio Contra is well on its way to having 8,700 subscribers now. Uh, just in the past week, we've had 200 more subscribers. I've had a lot of people uh, reach out to me, both on Twitter and in emails. Uh, Twitter, at Brushbeater. Uh, it's Brushbeater Actual is the handle on Twitter, so you can find me on there. Um, of course, we've also got Partisan News. Patriot Nan is running, uh, which is our other account that's on there. Um, but we've got a, a huge number of subscribers here on Podbean, so we've got a lot of new listeners. I want to make it very clear, you know, Madman Actual here is somebody that has substantial training in psychological operations. Right. As a intelligence professional and coming from the intelligence community, um, you know, both the agency side and in the military, you know, his his CV is is very, very long and very detailed in this. Um, so, you know, it, and, and I'm stating that longtime listeners, of course, know you've heard all the interviews that we've done together. It was just me and you, brother. But uh, and, and I encourage all our new listeners to go back and listen to that. But we've got a, a mountain of new listeners who have come in. And, and I want to state that up front. You know, this isn't just Joe Blow's uh, thoughts on the world. We all have our bona fides. We have our qualifications. We have a guy in here who's got a master's degree in political science. OK, so, you know, we you, the the civilian side education is there. The professional experience is there. We know what we're talking about. All right. So uh, with that said, uh, Madman, you know, we're, we're going to come back to you. Uh, moving down a list, uh, Brother Dodge, thoughts? JC, Chris, you there? I got nothing either. Have we lost him? All right. Says he's in here. Let's see. Uh, going down the list, Johnny Paratrooper. What's JP, up, baby. Hey, yo, how's it going, dudes? Jumpers hit it. I am cracking a brewski. Ah, a boy. Out a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's popping off in here. Um, man, what a disappointing speech. And then it switched to a bunch of like meaningless, we need to come together platitudes. That way, after they attack you, it's your fault because you didn't come together, like he said. The, uh, it's like a damned if you do kind of a trap. The, um, yeah, democracy, man, definitely invented by a bunch of wealthy landowners. And there were only, there were only like five or 600 of them who could vote. And uh, that was a long time ago. And uh, they definitely, definitely didn't really take the general population seriously. They were the aristocrats of Greece. And democracy means many things. And it is a really bastardized term that's used in the American parlance because of our revolution against England, of course, Britain. And, you know, that, that was 
we just weren't taken seriously. Obviously, we were being governed by people that didn't like us. They wouldn't let us build our own stuff. We had to sell them the raw materials and then buy their finished goods. You know, kind of like China, right? And um, another thing that they they did was they they treated us like second class citizens and America grew tired of it after the French and Indian war. It was about a 30 year period where no matter how hard you had fought or how loyal you were, you just weren't loyal enough and you had, you didn't fight hard enough and you didn't sacrifice enough. And we're kind of in this exact situation again. And I don't think that it will end the way they want it to. Kind of like the Ukraine war isn't going the way they want it to, or their attempts to stabilize the economy which are really just attempts to stabilize the economy in their favor so they don't lose their asses. They're gaming it the same way, you know, a business owner would game the books in a, in a, in a business that was struggling. They are uh, changing the rules as they go in their favor, not ours. I don't, I don't see any, you know, executive orders being signed that, you know, we need to create 100,000 automotive jobs by the end of the year. Um, and that could be anything from state governments hiring some more mechanics to work on their, to work on their, you know, government owned vehicles, or, you know, giving some tax credits to a business that's trying to get hit the ground running and it's just so disappointing that we can't really we're kind of just like spin every like we're kind of just spinning our wheels and um you know it's everyone's like waiting for the for the tires to hook up and for the funny car to go flying down the drag strip and you know with a lot of noise and smoke and fire kind of kind of feel like that's where we're headed i just can't believe like if you if you showed somebody this kind of like the last like the highlight reel probably be like a 12 long 12 hour long like compilation video uh, of like 2020 you know a lot of 2020 stuff like 2015 a lot of 2015 2016 stuff you know, 27, 2017 was pretty interesting. 2018, I don't even remember. And then, um, you know, obviously 2020, they just like wouldn't believe it. They'd be like, what? Like, you know, it's just, that's like ridiculous. You know, somebody that grew up, you know, and, and didn't experience this stuff. Um, somebody born today would, would probably really surprise somebody born in, in like rural you know, um, you know, country time in America, which most of the country is you get, 
you know, five miles outside of any major city. And even in a small state like Maryland, like you can get lost driving around Maryland. I mean, there is like, like you go like five miles outside of a city, you're dropping cell service. There's not, the signage isn't very good. And uh, you can Can confirm, you can easily drive five or 10 miles in the wrong direction in Maryland. Um, It's, it's, it's like Ohio thick, like dead center of like the small towns in like Pennsylvania have more people than the small towns in Maryland. Uh, And um, also side, JB sidebar, the taxes they pay in Pennsylvania actually pay for street signs. So I don't know what the fuck Maryland spends all its debt on because they have no street signs whatsoever. Oh, and not only do we have no street signs, um, the gang members remove street signs in the cities. So it's like you're Mahala diving in Baghdad oh, all over again. Like you're that. looking at the map and and the map is not what you're looking at in front of you <laughs> while you're driving down the street. You're just like, What where am I? <laughs> like and and uh any anyway, the uh yeah, the gangsters remove the, the, the street signs so the and the address numbers off of the houses. So technically they they have a hard time getting a warrant that's actually correct. Um just to frustrate police intelligence mostly but the local police know what's what's going on and where but the you know the guys that work in those neighborhoods know what's going on but man what a nightmare and then you know out out, out, like we haven't like replaced our street signs like you can't even like like it doesn't even reflect at night so you're like you'll drive right past like a sign telling you what where you are because all the reflective tape has been totally eaten by ultraviolet light and you just can't read it. You can't see it until you're like five feet from it. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Yep. Just missed missed my turn. That's great. Uh, Anyway. um, Yeah. Who knows what the fuck? Yeah. We pay, uh, we pay some pretty high taxes in Maryland too. Pretty disappointing, but you know, it's the land of pleasant living over here. I, uh, I'll tell you what though. Um, you know, I work with the trades a lot. Um, I do general contracting, um, but I work with trades a lot, and uh, mostly I'm on the phone or meeting people and and checking, inspecting people's work and stuff. And I tell you what, man, all the guys I work with, all of them, you know, they're they're the kind of guys that can, you know, take apart a V8 and put it back together in a weekend with their buddies. And, you know, they're the kind of guys that, you know, they're not afraid to, you know, play around with 480 volt or, or, you know, 780 volt, you know, electricity. I mean, they're just, they're just not afraid of it. They know what they're doing. And not only that, um, you know, they have, these are, you know, Maryland takes its history pretty seriously because, a lot, you know, a lot of the battles were fought here as the, as they were in New York and Virginia and, and Pennsylvania and the Carolinas. And in fact, a couple of the politicians from Carolina uh, led the charge in, in the war, uh, war of 1812. They, they were younger guys and I, I, they, they grew up in a country that was supposed to be free and the British didn't treat the United States, like, uh, like a, like a proper country, 
and uh and that really made some people pretty pretty unhappy uh, and um these you know these guys they're they're just like salt of the earth dudes you know they some of them have you know three percenter tattoos they've got you know unlike the leftists which just have like tattoos of nonsense just meaningless tripe i mean just totally meaningless and these guys they have like tattoos for us you know they want you to see the three percent tattoo and they want you to see the american flag tattoo and they want you to see you know the kentucky rifle they've got tattooed on their arm and and they want you to see the uh clipper which is a type of sailboat uh, used to clip time off of off of uh atlantic trade so they called it a clipper it had a lot of sails small boat long sleek shallow and um it we're actually Baltimore's the Clipper City because that's what we were known for back in the day, and um, yeah, you know, guys with Clippers tattooed on their arms, and you know, I mean, these guys, man, they're they're just not people I would pick a fight with, you know, like, and and I know how to fight, and I just wouldn't pick a fight with these guys, and uh, and yeah, I I just can't imagine what the the goal is unless you know you're it's, getting paid to you know to to start a fight you can't win and then china gets invited in which I, rhymes i didn't mean to make that no, rhyme but it <laughs> no 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 you're not wrong I, I just wanted to interject here because go right ahead a lot of people think you know and, and i do this from time to time too because it's our analytical brain we're trying to figure out and make sense of what what's the what's going on here what is the pattern here what is What's going on? Like, what, what is the end goal? What is the, what is the plan? What is the discernible plan here? Right. So, you know, we're trying to think like we're trying to think in terms of second and third order effects, long term planning. Um, and so we're, we're trying to discern a pattern with an objective in mind because that's logical thinking. The problem is, is that I don't think, and, and I'm quickly coming to this realization, I don't think that they have an objective. I don't think that they really even know what they're doing. And, you know, I, I know that, that coming, a lot of people who come from the, you know, the, the, uh, I hate to invoke him, but, but the Alex Jones world. And, and I mean, Alex has done so much out there for, for promoting alternative media and everything. So I'm not denigrating them at all. Um, you know, and, and William Cooper as well, you know, as a forebear to him, of course. And, and um, you know, these guys made Radio Contra possible. All right. So I'm not denigrating them at all. But do, do they have a one world government in mind? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. OK, there's been a lot that's been written, you know, the World Economic Forum and Davos Group and Bilderberg before that. And, you know, going all the way back to Rothschilds. Right. This is all a thing. But at this point. The World Economic Forum, you can't say we can't say and, and I'm a digester of a lot of information. OK, I, I mean, I am very well read on things and, and that's not me tooting the horn or anything. I'm just saying that, that I read a lot and I read a lot of things that challenge beliefs. 
Okay. You know, I, I can, I can explain why anarchism one is a false ideology across the board, but why right-wing anarchism doesn't exist. Uh, I, I can, why it can't exist. I, I, I can do that. Okay. And, and that's just like, again, it seems like I'm, I'm scattered here, but not really. No, you you're to- not. It, it's hard to condense that type of material into a speech right. because you need to sit down for like weeks and study that to a right. college there level. There has to be, words have meaning. There has to be an underlying principle to everything you said. So like philosophy, all right. So I hated philosophy classes, right? When, when, when every time that I would walk into a philosophy class and I had to take a lot of them, every time that I would have, I'd walk into a philosophy class, I hated it. Because the professors in a philosophy class usually were very, very nitpicky about words. And I'm a talker, okay? I think everybody knows I'm a talker. You know. Yeah. yeah, I've been a talker my whole life. I, I, you know, I've, been, I've been known for it. But the, here's the thing. Words have meaning. And even though I hated those philosophy classes, and I always did the worst in those, the hard sciences excelled social sciences excelled okay sociology excel on that all right because i can describe theories and i can go deep into this stuff but what philosophy did for me was it made me and forced me to refine the words that i was using and pare it down to specifics and get very specific and originally i didn't I didn't do very well in there because I would, I would write and write and write. And I would have these long flowery essays on, you know, whatever the topic happened to be. And I wouldn't do very well on it. And it was, I mean, it was a big kick in the nuts because I wrote all the stuff and I explained my position beautifully and I had the logical steps down and everything you're supposed to do. Yes, but words have meaning. And the words that you used were not the correct ones. Specifically, they were not the correct ones for what the intent was there. It was not part of your thesis. And so it sharpened me. And I had it, it, it was very frustrating, maddeningly so, but I appreciated that later on. So here's the thing. When we look at the, the broad scale, do they have an objective? Sure. What's their objective? Staying in power, period. Staying in power. You know, I went back earlier today, I, I was uh, writing some stuff and, and working on some things and I uh, went back and I listened to Maximo Alvarez's speech from the Republican National Convention in 2020. And I highly encourage all of you to look that up and go listen to that it is the best seven minutes of a speech that you will you will listen to is the most powerful thing. Um, again, yeah, and, and, and it brought a tear to my eye. Um, you have to listen to it. You have you have a duty as an American. You have a duty to listen to it. And the most profound thing that that Maximo said, that Mr. Alvarez said, as a survivor of communism in Cuba, and be, having a front row seat to the rise of totalitarianism, the rise of Fidel Castro, right, and the tyranny that followed, having come out of the tyranny of Batista, they replaced one totalitarian system, a fascist system, with another. Right. So his his speech, he said, I've seen men like Biden before. They seek power. 
Not power for the benefit of you and I, but power for the benefit of themselves. You know, and that described it all to the T. To the T. That's exactly what this is all about. And so with the World Economic Forum, with Davos, with all these things, eat the bugs and, and all this stuff, right? All these things that they throw at us, that they're throwing at the American people, that they're throwing at the West. They're saying that you're going to do these things. They're gaslighting this stuff. I don't think that they have an objective in mind. You know, Gavin Newsom says, well, you're all just going to drive electric vehicles by the year 2035. California's got an energy crisis now. How are you going to solve this? And it's, oh, you know, whatever, some other bridge to nowhere scheme, which is a California term, by the way, that comes from California, the bridge to nowhere, because it's literally a fraud scheme that was being run by the Pelosi's. It was a bridge they built to nowhere. And so they made all this money, right? The Simpsons even parodied it with with the monorail if, if you go back when back when the simpsons was actually good and it was sharp commentary it was commentary on that that was nancy pelosi by the way i was a kid when that came out and then i looked into it deeper as an adult and saw a rerun of it in passing it's high kind of looked into that a little bit that was pelosi that was her people that was her rise into politics that was when she transitioned from local stuff at the California level and transition to national politics. So these, these are all important things. My whole point behind this is that I don't think that they have a, a, a actual coherent in state. They know what they want. They're like an errant toddler. They know what they want at the time being. They don't know how to get there though. And they don't care what the consequences are going to be. And we've entered a point now very much like the end of the Roman empire where every leader, every Senator, every representative, every general, every person in the government hierarchy, every appointed Praetorian guard was just looking to see what they could grift out of the system. And that's all they cared about. Meanwhile, the Visigoths were coming in and sacking Rome. Right. So that, Scout, that's where I, we are. Yeah. Question. So why do they treat us like, we're the members of the government of some like 30 year Latin American or African, you know, dictator. And, you know, he just got ousted because the palace got stormed or whatever. And we're like fixing to take back our government. And well, we have like, they, everything to lose. They're certainly treating the former president that way. They uh, really are. I mean, it's like, it's like, man, we didn't even come close to achieving that goal. And at the yeah. same time, like they're the ones that have been in power on and off for the last like 40 years, like 38 out of 40 years, you know, like I'd argue Trump only had like some control over the executive office for like a year, maybe two in the, right. in, in, in the total of the four years. And a lot of people that have written books about that have, that's what they've said. It was just total chaos. Um, right. And, yeah, you, know. you got to take some of that with a grain of salt. Uh, I mean, the, the people who write books, if they even actually write their book, I and yeah, it's a funny. I mean, I'm in the middle of writing a book now, and it's a pretty straightforward book to write. It's something I'm a subject matter expert on, and it's still taking me forever. Um, yeah, so I I got a hard time accepting that these people can just crank out a book in like a month. Yeah, you know, the same is true for all you right wing 
talk show, mainstream talk show hosts and these guys out there. Oh, they wrote this book. You didn't write that book. I mean, come on, man. Don't don't piss on me and tell me it's rain. Ghost writer. Yeah, I mean, come on. You ain't got time. Like between between show prep and makeup and you know sound checks, all stuff for these guys that are nationally syndicated. You ain't got time to write, man. It's, it's, don't give me that. I look. I it's it's just. I'm I'm telling you right now, man. As as a as a family man, a guy who spends a lot of time on the road and and does this, and I I, I can't even do this every day. I wish I could, but I can't, you know, because I yeah. I gotta go out and actually make money and you know train people and do my real job and and run websites and all that stuff. But nah, man, it, it's but to the central point. I mean, why are they treating him that way? Because they can. Why why are they treating us as as his you know the, the Praetorian, which is really dumb too. I don't. I mean, me personally. I mean, Trump is what he is, man. He he's a New York businessman. I didn't I didn't trust him from the get go. They say some things that I like. Yeah, you know, it's it's not him. It's the movement that's behind him. The the yeah. movement that's behind him. It, it's it's what it's the people in the streets, man. It, it's the people that hold up the Trump signs, the promise, because in their eyes, that's the promise of America. Right. That, that that's what it is. And and for the Democrats to be dismissive of that and to dismiss all that and just to criminalize that, which they're alluding to now, I think is that's about as anti-American as it gets. That's as totalitarian as it gets. Uh, but with that said, you know, um, JC, brother, you know, you, you've been patiently holding on for an hour, man. I know you were in and out and um, your, your can, can you hear, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, well, you know, I've always been the type of person that I I will not project an intent or a threat. If I feel I'm in a in a situation where it could it could be a threatening situation, I do everything possible to not project what my intent my response will be until they until the 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 bad guy would be looking down the barrel of the gun you know I, that's one of the reasons i don't i don't carry i don't open carry i want a bad guy to understand that i'm carrying a weapon and i'm going to use it on him when he's looking down the barrel um the situation we're in right now um <laughs> It, it it brings to mind a couple other times, you know, 94, 95, when we were all Tim McVeigh and we were all, you know, a bunch of, bunch of races. If they had their choice, they'd change it from MAGA to MAWA, make America white again. That's what, that's what they, they would love to, to try and, and superimpose that over MAGA because that's what they're trying to, they're trying to dehumanize us to the morons that believe them that still believe them that's what they're doing they're they're trying to dehumanize they're trying to make us into less than human they're trying to make us into a fetus they're trying to treat us the same way they want to treat a fetus a baby but what they call a fetus even up to the point of birth oh well if it if it actually survives the abortion we're going to put it in a room so it can be comfortable 
and, and die from exposure. That's what they want for us. It's the same people. And, you know, like I said, in 95, we were all Tim McVeigh. In 2009, when the MIAC report came out, all the vets coming back were a bunch of racists, uh, a bunch of anti-government people. Well, let me tell you, there was a lot of anti-government uh, soldiers coming back because they saw what the government was not only capable of, but what was do what they were doing. You know, we, we saw things firsthand, what was considered acceptable um, as far as orders. And, you know, now we're in a situation, I, <laughs> um, I had a conversation with a guy at work today and he said, well, what do you say to that when we were talking about that? I said, I said, I'm done talking. I'm done. I am fucking done talking. I said, if they want to dehumanize me, they want to dehumanize my children. I have four kids. They want to dehumanize every one of them so they can make it easier for them to, to retroactively abort them. They want to retroactively abort us. Because it'll make it easier for them when they when they go to do what they want to do. Because the rest of the people out there are a bunch of gutless, spineless worms that just do what they're told. They're still some of them are still wearing masks outside when they don't have to. That tells you everything you need to know about that individual w walking around with a mask on outside when they're not even around anybody. Um, the, you, you know, I don't know it, when, when I first heard that, uh, yesterday, it was scout scout sent me a message about it and I looked it up and, and, uh, I know scout remembers what my response was. It was, uh, oh yeah. 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 We, we are a threat to their democracy. What they want, the democracy they want, we, you're damn right we are a threat to it. Because what they want, I mean, they're acting like, you know, a democracy can only be a capitalist society and all. No, it can be communist. It can be, I mean, what, what was East Germany called? Wasn't it the German Democratic Republic, the GDR? Yep. So we, we are a constitutional limited, constitutionally limited republic. And uh, North Korea is the Democrat Democratic People's Republic of Korea. They don't yeah, even yeah. call themselves. I mean, they, that's what I hear whenever somebody says democracy. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, exactly. Whoa, buddy, pump the brakes, man. Yeah. Like, well, if you vote to paint your house blue and I want to paint mine <laughs> red, like, what's the saying about the uh, the the two coyotes and the and the the rabbit? Um, talking about what's for dinner in a democracy as opposed to in a constitutionally limited republic. Um, <laughs> the, 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 in, in the end, the, the rabbit gets a vote and he's armed. That's the difference. We're, you yep. know, we are armed. And like you said, I'm, I'm done talking. I, I don't, there, what, what more can you say? You look at these people, they're just mindless lemmings walking off the cliff of, I don't even know what to call it, some, some political term. They're, they're just... And, and Math then, you, and Ukrainian flags, man. That's yeah, like, when, 
when you look at yeah. the uh, the the spokesman for the White House, she she's got dead eyes, and and on top of it, she's a moron. She she has she puts almost puts Harris to shame for word salad. She actually has brain damage, I think. Uh, well, it's uh, yeah. yeah, but get here. The funny thing about that is, um, <laughs> and my wife can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure most serial killers all have, that's one of the common traits is they, they had uh, head injury as a kid, um, as well as some other things. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like I said, there, this is, you know, a, a guy I talked to uh, the other day, we were talking about different things, and we've known each other a long time. He goes, yeah, this reminds me of, of after the Oklahoma City bombing and, and all the stuff they were trying to, you know, come down on us with. I said, dude, I said, this is so far beyond that because even though it seems serious, in a lot of ways you could tell most of it was just rhetoric. This is not rhetoric. This is them trying to dehumanize us, to, to put us in the same category they consider consider a baby to be in before the baby is born. So we're basically, uh, I guess we're full-grown fetuses to them, and and they want us gone. They want us dead. Um, that's just the bottom line. And it's the more I think about it, the, the more pissed off I get because, you know, have a bunch of kids. I got two two very young kids. Um, but if these sons of bitches think that the uh, situation is going to be easy because of that, they got another thing coming. If what was the saying from uh, uh, Magnificent Seven? We did de- we deal in lead, friend. That's yeah. the bottom line. We 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 get the final vote, whether we whether we choose to use the vote, that's up to us. That's every every individual person's responsibility to make that decision. Again. But with rights come duty. On that note, get to training because the last time I went yep. to training, uh, there were dudes with red beards there, and uh, I don't know if y'all know what that means, but. They were doing some, some long, long range shooting. Well, so one of the things I was going to bring up, JP, was I, I sent out a tweet last night on the Radio Contra AP Twitter account, um, and verbatim it says: cardio, 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 weight training, weekly range trips, food storage, medical supplies, opsec, comsec, persec, TikTok, TikTok, get ready. Tempest, Fujit, Memento Mori. And so the whole point of that was we're past the part of talking now. We're past the part of you have to be doing what the fuck you need to do to get this shit done. So one of the things that me and my family have done is we have gone and scheduled every other week we have a range trip. One week it is pistol training. One week it is rifle training, right? We had conversations on food storage, on medical supplies, right? We've talked about OPSEC, COMSEC, and PERSEC, and each individual person's failure or triumph in each situation. So, hey, you gave up too too much information here, right? No, 
you know what? What you did here by doing this was good. So given constant feedback as to what we're doing good, what we're doing bad. And it really is tick-tock. At this point, we all know that basically everyone here, we are all slated as being domestic enemies. Like, by virtue of being on Sons of Liberty podcast, sitting here drinking in the Green Dragon Tavern, we are all apparently domestic enemies. Despite the fact we're probably more patriotic than most people are in the country. What it comes down to now is... And, and I'll give my personal experience with this. Right? I've, I've been training for quite some time. I've been prepping for about 10 years. I know that people have been doing it longer than me, shorter than me. Probably most people shorter. I know several people who have been doing way longer than me, which is why I ask them questions. Um, the thing is, is that a lot of this is always... We've all known it in our hearts to be true that this is probably going to happen. But I feel like some of us have always, I know me personally, I'm speaking personally, like, nah, there's there's no way. Like, I'm going to prepare for it, but like, there's no way this is going to happen. And so you're like, well, yeah, you know, I could, I could allocate this time to this, like this hour on this day. But you know what? Eh, I'm going to do this instead. And I think we're at the point, and I made the realization last night where we're like, and I've had the, the conversation with myself before that, but now it's, well, shit, this is really real, right? And I consider myself pretty squared away, but it's time to those little things you didn't want to do before, like those little minute details where you're like, I'm like 80% good. So those 20%, I'm not going to worry about. Now is the time to worry about that 20%. So that run you didn't want to go on, because you're like, ah, I'm feeling lazy today. That's the run you go on. The day you come back from work and you're like, I really, the last thing I want to fucking do right now is go lift weights. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to lift weights. Right now, what we need to do is say those tiny little pieces in our training that we're shrugging off or saying, ah, that can wait another day. It can't. It cannot wait another day. We have heard what this president has said about us. We have heard what his plans are for us. And there really is not that much more buffer time to be built in. And so the last thing in the world I want to do is fucking run. I hate running. I will ruck all day. I hate running. But my girlfriend, who is way smarter than me on the topic of running, along with about 75% of other shit. Last night, I turned to her and I said, all right, I got to start running. My cardio was all right, but could it be better? Yeah, because we see what is coming now. So now, if you had any doubt, that little thing you didn't want to do, that little piece you don't want to train, or that piece of equipment that you're like, ah, could I buy it? Yeah, do I want to spend money on it? No. Whether it's a stay-in-o device, like it's thermal or night vision or helmet or whatever it is, or it's something like I need an upgraded optic, I need more magazines, I need more of this. We have a very, very small grace period in which to obtain the stuff we need, to obtain the skills we need. And so I know for me it hit home in certain aspects last night as I was reading the preview of 
you know, Commissar Biden's fucking speech today. To me, we've run out of choices, right? We, we've run out of our grace periods, right? We had a grace period in 2016 with Trump. We've been milking that ever since. I was preaching the days of $350 AR was gone. What we need to do now is if there's going to be a time where you sit there and go, I could do X, I could do Y, but Y is going to make me survive longer. Now is the time to make that choice. And so I think that's an important point to drive home because I know that I've made those trade-offs. I can do X or Y, but, eh." and I'm someone who I feel like I know what's going on. I did X instead of Y. Now's the time to choose Y. So you I know, think it's that's funny you that mentioned we... that. Yeah, the, it's funny that you mentioned the thing about Trump and and uh, that we got a grace period. You you know what happened was when when Trump was first elected, we all looked at it like, oh my goodness. I, I mean, I even did a post on it about uh, time to breathe. Well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it went from time to breathe after a long run to. Well, I'm just going to sit down here on the couch and relax. Oh, I'm just going to lay down here on the couch and take a nap. And and it ended up becoming the norm as opposed to a respite. And yep. that that's the problem. The Trump slump. Yep. We did. The, yep. Yeah. This this past, this past weekend, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to be able to take my son um, to uh, to a training site. We we trained all weekend. We did some. I actually shot a bunch of stuff for some upcoming scenario videos from continuation of last year's stuff. Um, we were able to do some shooting steel out to 600 meters, which is something he hasn't really got a chance to do up till now. Um, and uh, putting some 308 downrange and some 338 downrange, and just you know, time is short. You know, it, it's it it is very short. And you know, I realized you know him and I have been we've been trying to do it, and schedules just conflict all the time. And finally, it's just like, hey, we we have got to do that. And and I really. I'll be honest with you. My wife will tell you, I, I was not looking forward to it because we've had a long month. My, my wife and, and our two young kids, we all four had COVID at the beginning of the month. And last week, we all four had a stomach bug. So Thursday, I was coming off of that knowing I was going to have to leave Friday to go down with him and hang out out in the woods in 90-degree weather. And I was like, you know, I could just... I I could just go ahead. We could just do it another weekend. And I was like, you know what? Get, get your head out of your fourth point of contact and understand time is short. We've got to do this now. And and that's the thing is we've prioritized. We've got to do these things now. We can't put it off. Our, our rest period is over. Biden just said that in that fucking speech. Our rest period is over. We have We have got to do the right thing now. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and exactly that point is that, you know, we tried to warn on American partisan. I know every single person on this call has preached that thing of this is not going to last forever. Get it done. Not going to last forever. Get it done. And I think that right there's there's two things we can do right now. Is and and I this happened to in my opinion this happened after the 2016 election or leading up to it where it's like. People woke up and were like, what can we do? It was like, well, you should have been doing this a lot of this shit beforehand, but now that you're awake, we do this. So I think um, given the the remarks of, of Biden and 
obviously his administration, the angle they're taking. I think that something that all of us who write for AP should think of is there's going to be people who hear this speech and are like, I'm a modern Republican, but I'm not that. Why is he painting me this way? All of a sudden, they feel threatened. I think we need to put together a series of articles that say, basically, like, you've been declared an extremist. Now what? What are the next steps you should do? And I think all of us have those different specialties. Who are like, hey, you should do this for food. You should do this for ammo. You should do this for training. Hey, power, you should do this. I think that's something that we have to do because just like how a lot of people got woken up with, with lead up to 2016 and all that stuff, I think a lot of people are going to be really disconcerted with, now I'm an extremist. Shit, what do I do? So I think it's something that all the writers here should think about and figure out what topics they can write on as an introductory topic. And by the way, anyone who's listening, if you have some kind of specialty in anything related to this, I'm not even talking food storage, whatever. Uh, wow, maybe my plumber doesn't want to work for me because I'm a MAGA extremist. How do I fix this pipe? Anyone has any expertise, I think we have to start thinking about we are in our, our own community now and we have to assume right or wrong, that no one outside of us will help us. So how can we start to distribute the knowledge that all of us have with certain things and build our own community of knowledge? If that so makes sense. Creating, no, it, it makes perfect sense. Creating a parallel society. Um, and, you know, John Robb over at uh, Global Gorillas has talked about this, the, the creation of parallel societies as being a precursor to major conflict. He's exactly right, by the way, as he is about most things. I'm a big fan of John Robb. And, um, you, you know, the, the creation of a parallel society, and he was talking about parallels um, that were being created during COVID, which was really the... Uh, I think the, the ideological wake up for a lot of people out there, um, you know, I, I know personally that there were a lot of people that got into uh, prepping and preparedness because of COVID out of the, you know, fear of the unknown and everything. And, you know, as, as we all did, and some people jumped off the ledge, so to speak. Uh, but I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and now, you know, lessons learned, but they, they're one good thing that I can say about it is that it prepared people for alternative ways of living later on down the road, which is what you're very succinctly describing. And, um, you know, a, a very big one is medicine. I mean, we saw uh, you there. Okay. Um, but anyway, one of the things that we saw during the, the, uh, COVID crisis and I think that the medical community really needs to answer for now is the overwhelming calls for a parallel system of, of medicine. You know, if, if you don't get a vaccine, you're you're literally not worthy of breathing the same oxygen as, you know, people who are vaccinated. Now we're finding out that, you know, that uh, people that, that were leery of the vaccine, myself included, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Uh, vaccines as, as a whole thing. Not at all, but I'm not willing to be a lab rat 
at the same time, this is not an ethical experiment to be uh, conducted on us. And, and so, and, and I knew that they were doing that. Let it play out. Let the situation play out. And if, if, if there's going to be people that are dying in the streets, you know, so be it. All right. Um, but I'm a free man and I'm a free thinker and, and, you know, I'm not a, a herd mentality kind of guy. And, um, you know, it, it, but anyway, we're going to see this again. I think that, that laid the groundwork for now political wrong think is going to enable differential standards of medical care. Uh, I hope that I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong, but I don't think that I am. Uh, when, when we saw, you know, the dancing nurses and the, you know, these, these idiotic routines that were putting up on TikTok and Instagram and all this stupid crap. And, you know, the crying nurse, you know, down here at, at Duke University Medical Center, you know, you, you got this crying RN, you're crying because you're doing your fucking job. You know, so fuck you. You're doing your fucking job. Don't cry about it. There are firemen that are out there. There's police officers out there dealing with way worse than you on a daily basis. So shut your mouth and get back in there. If it's that bad, then quit. If you're going to melt down, then quit. And the thing is, is that I know people who know her. I know people who know her in the hospital administration. Her life wasn't that bad. She wanted to become an insta-famous, you know, just just a, a, a glamorized star online. That's all she was doing. That's all that was. This is a bunch of crap, like it normally is with these people. You know, they're just they're just phony. The whole thing is phony from top to bottom. But there is gonna be, there's gonna be at least in my estimation, we're, we're they're they're telegraphing that now. You know, one of the things that Biden brought up, and I didn't even write this down uh, when I was doing the the uh, note on his speech to to give the rebuttal. I didn't even write down where he talked specifically about passing the new comprehensive health care bill. I didn't even talk about that um, because, one, I didn't pay very close attention to it. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not going to talk out of my ass if I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't say anything. Uh, but it, it, you know, he mentioned that for a reason. And what if given everything else that we've seen, everything else that we, you know, have, have experienced thus far the past two years with COVID, differential standards of care, people being turned away, people being turned down. You know, there, there were nurses that were going on to social media very famously saying, oh, I'm, I'm just going to let unvaccinated people die. I don't care. I'm not going to treat them in emergency rooms. Is it a far stretch to say that they're going to deny people care? And I think that, you know, to your point, Patriot Man, when it comes to parallel economics, medical care is, is uh, a very, very important one. And fortunately, MechMedic is in here uh, hey. with 35 minutes to go to the show. He has got in here. I know you were a little bit late getting in here, brother, but you were the perfect guy to talk to about this. And you offer a, a, a you know, several classes, medical kits. You name it. You're the subject matter expert. Uh, so what do you think, as far as medical preparedness goes, what do you think people need to be doing right now? Oh, he's so cute. Thanks for joining, baby. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did not pay attention to dates and thought that I would be able to teach my class today. Um, so I spent all of today prepping for that, and I actually did not watch speech at all um 
You didn't miss. So I'll have to go back. I didn't think I was going to miss much anyway. But um, the main medical concerns that you really need to be like the, the situations you need to be preparing for and getting ready to deal with are general emergency care needs and like real emergency care. It's not like the shit that people show up to the emergency room with now. Like not like a cold or sniffles. Like that is a concern, but the main ones you need to be like preparing to deal with that are going to take up the majority of supplies and expertise. Emergency care, broken bones, um, like really, really, really bad, bad situations that you panic about. Um, You also need to be concerned about general hygiene issues um, because with the lack of running water and other situations that they might impose. Remember again, in California, they were talking about cutting off people's utilities. If more than a certain amount of people were showing up to their house. Um, And then the other thing is growing population. So do you have a way to handle new human beings entering this world? Because if you have not thought about that at all, you're in for a surprise. Now, uh, Matt, can I stop in for a second and say also, should you be preparing for people who are exiting this world? Yes, absolutely. Um, that is that is a, a big, big concern as well. Um, medically, there's not a lot for you to do. But on like the field sanitation side of the house, there is a lot that needs to be dealt with. Um, because without the formaldehyde and other things, um, you need to get that body in the ground quickly within a day or two. How deep? Uh, at least two to three feet, if not closer to six and away from water sources. Um, and downhill from, I was going to say downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Downhill or downstream from where you're getting your water. I remember reading somewhere that water underground can travel about 300 feet per year on average. Yeah, that's about right. Where I live in in uh, a northeastern state, we have a aquifer, is a very large aquifer, and um, one of the hallmarks of our soil is it has a lot of sandy soil, and then it goes to clay, which means that when we get rainwater in. It rains, it filters the sand, goes through the clay, and goes to the aquifer. But the downside of that is that the size of the aquifer is it's such that it's not something as necessary as there's a stream where you have a water table and, and, and a watershed that is rushing to that stream. This is so holistic that some aspects of that uh, internment become more difficult because of Basically, you have to take into account the location from your spot to where the internment is. So that is definitely something you should consider. One of the things you can do is if you have either a GIS system, uh, software system, whether it's ArcGIS or QGIS or even Google Maps, uh, Google Earth, be able to see what the elevation is in your area. I mean, you can do it old school with the old you know, elevation maps, but figure out exactly and plan ahead of time where certain things are going to happen so that it doesn't affect you and doesn't affect your sanitation and um, hydration. I know 
on the in the northeast i feel very blessed we have no shortage of rain and the soil you were describing is called sandy loam i had the same yes. soil you Correct. can grow any you can grow anything in it anything you can grow whatever you want in it and um we're we're lucky here i don't i don't need to to worry about a lot of things the way others in other parts of the country in our big beautiful country have to i uh you know a couple of couple of those iso packs and uh what are those what are those big cubes that you put liquid in you use them on the farm What's ibc totes yeah ibc totes yeah individual bulk container that's what that stands for right the um man those things you know a couple of those bad boys really is all i need um uh, whereby you know some other people might need you know you might need a thousand feet of irrigation pipe and and to run it up your mountain and uh that that's a real thing because you got to get that pipe higher than the other guy's pipe and um you know if you don't that's a problem that's that's a real problem you're going to be always sick always you're never going to not be sick in fact I'm, I'm reading a book called guns germs and steel right now and it actually it kind of starts with a pretty heavy leftist tone. fantastic book by the way jared diamond excellent book I, I i kept reading it and i was like okay guy like come on it, it reads like a college professor for the first like third of the book but then it really gets into like the uncomfortable like questions about like culture and intelligence and genetics and and um actually he ends up disproving a lot of that and the the evidence is just like yeah just out of control i mean it's it's just it's a fantastic book i also like the chapter dedicated towards like having a big strong central government that people like and want to like be a part of and work for and defend and serve as being like a an enormous contributor to yeah everything from invention and the sciences and um, domesticating plants and animals. Like yep. if you had told me a week ago that big government dom domesticated plants and animals, I would have been like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. And, but then I read that book and I was like, fucking right. They did yep. like they damn, they goddamn did because the, that's one of the defining characteristics of the, the few on earth that had, you know, strong government, the sciences, and successful domestication of plants and animals. And not only that, did they have those things, but whenever there was a threat on their border, they conquered. They were not conquered. Yep. Yep. And and I I, I was just reading this book, and I was like, oh man, I'm I'm, I'm ordered. It, it, this is going to be the next book for. Um, for all the green dragon students that are listening nice. and yep, yep. For, for the future green dragon students we're also having class tomorrow it's going to be a brief class and i'm giving out the new syllabus for the school year and we're going to have a little celebration about one year of green dragon by the way Woo! it is it is august of 2022 we are at one year of green dragon and um man it so, just 
just fantastically interesting. Go ahead. No, no. What I was gonna say is, so the way I found him, and I don't mean to derail you off your original uh, thought line, but I read the book uh, "Collapse: How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed," and from there, I I discovered "Guns, Germ, and Steel," and um, that "Collapse" book is one of the ones that I, I highly recommend people read. Um, it is, it's more on the academic side, but to me. For if you understand the academic side of why societies fail, it's going to increase. You're going to learn things where you say, "Well, if those are the failure points, let me make sure I'm insulated against those points." So, Jared Diamond is a great author, and it's not overly technical. It's not something where you're going to be like, "Oh, this person cites this fucking person who cites this person." No, it's actually very readable. So the the two it is very readable. It's is, very approachable book. I, I I couldn't stop reading it. It was it was fantastic. Right. I felt I, like the, I was in college for the first like third of the book, but then yeah. it really gets into the the hard questions and, and 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 here's the crazy thing about it is that I have it pulled up on Wikipedia now because I couldn't remember the name of the, the Klops book, the, the exact title that I want to tell people. So, Guns, Germs, and Steel, which is what JP is referring to, was written in '97, and Collapse was written in '05. You're talking about things that are kind of old, but I didn't read them until a couple years ago, and it was like, damn, it is exactly what our situation is right now, and here's how, you know, the academic side of, like, here's how all the other societies who face this threat, here's what they did. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, the it's, it's a great The portion of resource. the book that really ties together you know, the, the being able to properly care for animals as well as your own family and your, and your nation state, your city state, you know, your land, um, you know, protecting yourself from too much tyranny and, 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 but not having enough that everybody's like working together because if you don't work together, you're just going to get conquered. It, it, it just really, man, it was just like, just fantastically organized. And, uh, he he talks so much about the farmer and how the farmer is essentially the the foundation of civilization and before that it was you know get hit on the head with a rock by some rival clan that wanted control of the same river as you to being able to cloister in communities and have methods of communication and trade with other communities which we can study the genetics of plants and we can trace back like where they came from like like the mountain range that they came from and um, that's just incredible and you from that you can see where other civilizations have spread because you can look at the genetics of 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 a plant and it reads like a like a reference like the reference portion of a of a of a academic textbook um it it's uh just really i, I mean it, the book you know you probably sit down for like 15 hours 20 hours reading the book so it's it's hard to sum up in a few paragraphs but 
you know, even like taking care of your livestock, like from a disease perspective, by exposing yourself to that, it doesn't make you weaker, it makes you stronger. And then when you say march off with your horses to war and you have people backing yep. you up with food and resources and equipment and manpower, you know, that, that when you go to somebody else's turf, like your animals would, and you would bring the disease. Like it's, you know, it wasn't just like Europeans that gave diseases to the native Americans, like our horses, our pigs, our cows, like they're, they're, they were, they couldn't handle anything cause they'd never domesticated anything but the llama. And, um, there's another book I, I took, a uh, um, book off the shelf when I was at, um, my college bookstore. And it was actually for a class that I did not get into. Um, cause there's a, you had, you had to be in, in nursing and if they, and then if they have any, uh, or pre-medical and if they had any other open slots, you could slip in there if your GPA was good enough, but it was a highly sought after class. It was called, it was called, um, the history of infectious disease. And, um, I'll, I'll grab those references and get them over to you, MacMedic. And I think you should, um, I think you should, uh, you know, work that into your curriculum because it's just fantastically interesting. But not only that, like, you know, you can find, you know, towns in America that are abandoned. There are, a lot of them are on the top of mountains that are no longer gold mines or never were gold mines. And, you know, like cholera got loose in a town of, you know, Russian immigrants in the late 19th century out west and or Swiss or uh german immigrants and it would kill the entire town and that's possibly because somebody rode into town on a horse and nobody was used to that particular strain of disease that the horse might have brought into town or the people brought into town um it, it it's it's really just an incredible read and um it also talks about like uh i recently found out that i'm one-eighth indonesian my uh dutch pirate ancestors went over and did a little little raiding in the uh port cities over in indonesia you know conquered the place for like 200 years not a big deal Woo! and <laughs> so uh i've been reading about indonesia a lot lately because i i you know i didn't know i you know i knew i was irish knew i had german blood knew i had italian blood uh knew i had some arab blood did not know i had indonesian blood and um it, it just what an interesting place. I actually think uh, China talks a lot about Taiwan. They talk a big game about Taiwan, but you know what's really much more important than Taiwan? Indonesia. Indonesia is a fascinating, fascinating place. They have over 18,000 islands. It is almost the stretch of land, the horizontal, the, the, the island chain is almost as long as like the america canada border all the way to like the the tip of south america i mean it's just like an enormous part of the world and they have more hiding spots and coastline and resources and riches and trade and i mean man we like taiwan big deal indonesia much 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 bigger deal the 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 world empires duked it out over Indonesia a couple of times. So um, 
if you're looking for something interesting and you want to get you want to break into the um what's uh for the listeners that aren't aware green dragon focused for our first year of the academy we focused on china heavily we touched on russia a little bit because china adopted some russian doctrine so we had to we had to have a foundation for for that specifically um the heavy mechanization um all of the russian military is mechanized and all of their vehicles are amphibious the um the the indonesian islands are if, if there was like a gateway or like a if you could like put like what's the center of the world probably indonesia um it has everything everything i mean it has it, it and it's it's huge too it has like 280 million people which is just like a, just like that's a lot of people you know like that's that's a lot of people um and and there's a long history there and because of the western dominance and and that bad blood uh in indonesia between the west and and indonesia um from from the from the age of empires you know yeah taiwan you know is is the the now home of you know the the former the it's it's the home of the sons and grandsons of the uh the um kumantang the uh the kmt the um chinese uh republicans oh damn it what is it? i can't remember the exact term off the top of my head why <laughs> that's just like falling out of my head like that or what yeah the um they uh yeah they have some you know the, the ccp <clears throat> has some bad blood with with taiwan taiwan's government but it's the the han versus the manchurian Yes, and one of them is northern and one of them southern, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and one is like uh, taller and a little huskier. Well, and that's the northern one, and then the southern one looks like a Vietnamese kind of type, kind of a guy. Um, yeah, smaller stature, darker hair. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, I'll take a, yeah, I'll take a break. No, you, you, I mean, you're fine. It's just a, the social dynamics there. The interesting fact about Maoism, uh, the term Han privilege, look into the history of revolutionary politics in China and look into specifically the term Han privilege, and you will find very interesting parallels to the term white privilege uh, today as it is used today in, in uh, contemporary parlance. Uh, they've borrowed a lot. They've taken a lot from Maoism. Uh, but with that said, uh, with 15 minutes left, I want to open it up to roundtable to each one of the guys and um, something that you're doing uh, for yourself to improve your position right now and what you suggest to others if you've got training on tap. Just a, a rapid fire with 15 minutes left. Um, what you have on the calendar as well, what you're offering to the larger community. And uh, I'll start with uh, just the, not that you're on the bottom of the list, brother. It's just that you were the last one in here. Uh, so you are the last one of the little bubbles here on my controlling icons uh, here in the control center, but Mechmedic. Uh, 
<clears throat> so with uh, everything, um, just to kind of help out, I have uh, taken another job just to kind of get things shored up because shit's looking fucking weird. Um, it's it's getting it's getting spicy, as I like to always say. Um, it's it's getting worse and worse. So that's that's the thing I've been I've been working on is getting our uh, our financial stuff even more locked down than it than it was before. Um, as for classes, I do not have any new classes on the schedule. Um, I might have one in December up on the calendar, um, but I do have the twice a month online academy. Um, you can find me on Patreon, Stuck Big Medical. We meet every two weeks, 15 bucks a month. Um, and you can come uh, check I out. I highly recommend this, there. by the way. I don't mean to jump in, but I highly recommend. I've attended so many of his courses. Highly recommended. You're going to learn a lot. So my little plug. And by the way, he doesn't pay me to say that. I, I really, I've taken classes with Mech. His attention to detail and, and his level of skill set, it's worth it. I promise you. Um, thank you, brother. And then, as always, um, I do have... Uh, the web store um, with all the kits. I am currently backordered on everything except for shears. And now that I've said that, somebody's going to buy the last five shears I have in stock. Um, I am working with NAR trying to get caught up on orders that I have that are uh, past due. Uh, they're just they're hit hard, um, just like everybody else's with with this stuff. People are are buying shit like crazy. Um, so just just give me some time, and I will I will get caught up on orders. Um, but you can see everything I've got on the site. That's it for me. Amen. Sounds good. Brother JC, what you got? Well, I've been, uh, actually it's funny that the Patriot man was talking about going to the range. I pretty much have been going to the range at least once a week. Um, like I said, did some long range stuff this past weekend with my son. Um, Training-wise, October 8 and 9, there's a uh, buddy team class scheduled at Echo Valley Training Center. Um, and November 12 and 13 is the Rural Team Tactics course, which is basically it's the it's uh, part two, uh, taking what you learn in the buddy team course and putting it into a uh, four- or six-man team. Um, that's all I have on my schedule. Uh, as of right now, uh, I haven't even done anything for next year or concerned about getting my own stuff squared away before I start adding other things onto, onto the schedule. Uh, but as far as preps, I mean, it's just the, uh, the biggest thing I've been investing in here of late is, is uh, in the last year or so, as I've said earlier, is uh, firearms because they do more for you than a bar of gold will. They'll protect you. They'll feed you, and uh, it and they're a solid investment compared to a lot of other things that we're looking at right now. Taking a shit, so that's all I got. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It, it's um, you know, people, the precious metals guys, and and there's been a number of them I've interacted with in the very short amount of time that I've been on social media. Uh, I've had a lot of precious metals people representatives reach out to me, which is interesting because I don't, for the folks who, who are new to, 
my presence on Twitter, which believe me, it doesn't give me any joy to say that. Um, but, but what I will say, no, no, no. I mean, seriously, I got talked into it by a few, uh, personalities that I have done interviews with, talked to you. One of them is Joe Dolio, but there's been a few others. I'm not going to incriminate some folks out there. Um, even though I'm pretty sure they wouldn't care if I did still. Um, but, um, it, it's to reach out to the, the broadest audience possible. And uh, that's that's the reason for that. In, in that short amount of time, though, uh, coming up on just, just uh, 500 subscribers with little to no fanfare whatsoever, um, very, very interesting. And uh, it, it's, it's a lot of good folks. But I've had a lot of precious metals people reach out. And, um, you know, that's fascinating to me. But the, the most precious metal you can invest in is a firearm, the ammunition for it, and, and a good amount of it, have a training ammo budget and a going-to-do-business ammo budget, and also budget for the training, you know. Uh, but with that said, I'll shut up right now. i got my own piece as, as we approach the hour. Uh, Patriot Man, next guy on the list. Well, this is two points I'm going to touch on, um, one of which is the um, introduction of radio to your family and friends. I had an interesting thing. We were spending some time. My, my oldest brother had his 46th birthday. And just sitting there on the back deck. And uh, his oldest son comes up. He's only like six years old. Comes up and hands me a radio. And he goes, he goes, Uncle, Uncle Patriot Man, Uncle Patriot Man, you know, talk on the radio. So I immediately revert to him. Like, I'm like, this is blah, 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 blah. This frequency, blah, blah, blah. But what was cool was, is he was so interested in it. And so, uh, to me, it's a, a thing where, particularly if you have young kids in the family, if you're a ham radio operator, which I am, I have a general class license, it's something to build on. And if you can get the kids interested, you get the parents interested. My brother has no interest in being, my one brother has no interest in being a ham radio guy. But if you can get the kids interested, you can get him interested. So that's one thing to consider. The second thing is, one of the things I've been working on with most of the members of my family, my other brother that I wasn't just talking about, plus my mom and my dad, is uh, familiarization of weapons and getting used to gunfire around you and next to you. It's one of the things Scout has always preached in the Scout course. One of the reasons why some of the drills we do are there simply for that purpose is to get you used to having gunfire around you. So many times I've been to a scout course where I've been there as an assistant instructor, helping out scout, doing whatever he needs to do, all the grunt work. And we watch these guys who say, hey, you know, yeah, I'm a shooter, I'm a shooter. And every time a round goes off, they're blinking or they're flinching. You're not a shooter. If you're not that comfortable being around firearms like that, then it's not a bad thing. I was that way at one point, but it's all about building that familiarization. So if you're that comfortable, but you have people in your tribe and your family who are not that comfortable... One of the things I would suggest is bring them to the range. And the first thing I always start off with people who are not comfortable with firearms, I will shoot 10, 20, 30 rounds just so they get used to the noise. And at that point, you know, you familiarize themselves. At that point, one round in a magazine, pop, how'd that feel? Another round in a magazine, pop, how'd that feel? Couple rounds in the magazine, full mag. So at this point, I think everyone on this podcast is comfortable with firearms, comfortable with what is going to happen, what we have to do.
we have to start thinking about the secondary and tertiary effects of this and how can we insulate our tribe to be ready for what's coming because it's already been clear that Brandon has said we're all domestic terrorists. So it's not just us. It could be your aunt, you know, auntie, I don't know, Aunt Jemima, who fucking voted for Trump for the first time she voted Republican in her life, and now she's a MAGA person and she's targeted. So think about that in your training and make sure you're incorporating that and, and training down to the lowest level of training that your family has. And with that, I yield the floor to Scout. Johnny. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I'm investing in my, uh, education. I, I got out of college last year and I've still got that, that, uh, bookworm mentality. And I've, I've always liked to read, but I was real big on fiction until I was like 25. And then I, then I realized the real world's a lot cooler. So, uh, scout mentioned Mao earlier, something I learned, um, from a combination of studying Mao and, uh, and, and Mao doctrine and, and, this new digital Silk Road that China's building, um, the Chinese telecom companies targeted rural areas first. And if you studied Mao's doctrine, he says, uh, take the rural area, then run guerrilla unit tactics into the cities. And um, that's probably what they're going to do. So, uh, you know, know your enemy. And that's not just uh, their weapons and tactics, but their history, their philosophy. Um, where they're coming from, what what motivates them, and that will motivate you. So, Amen. When uh, when's the next Green Dragon Tavern? We are having class tomorrow. I had to cancel last week's because I double booked a thousand yard training exercise. But we're definitely going to start our next year. And I haven't decided quite what direction I'm going to take it. I'm going to talk to the talk to the guys tomorrow, and um, and we're going to take it to the next level. And uh, hey, uh, Jay- send me a message on the forum or or sign up. Yeah. To, and I'll post something tomorrow. Um, in fact, I'll post something. Uh, I'll get, I'll post something right after this. Go ahead. No, JP. I was going to say if you want me to. Uh give whatever insight that I have, just let me know and and then hook me up. Cool. Sounds Madman. I bought an LPVO. Finally pulled the trigger on that one. Um got that mounted up. Uh going to see some family this weekend. Haven't seen them in a very long time. One of them just happens to be uh designated marksman from Vietnam with Silver Star. So we're gonna do some long range shooting down there. Um, hell yeah. And, da, 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 you know, I think, uh, I think some SIGINT training is, is coming, uh, coming at you guys via brush beater eventually. Oh, you're getting me moist. Keep going. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's in the works. Bro, I'm, I'm stoked. stoked. I'm we're, stoked. We're, you know, so that's happening. I'm going to start training and, uh, yes! I'll still help out, uh, with with Johnny and the Green Dragon, I got that. You know, I got plenty of powerpoints to bore you guys with, and practical exercises to go over mission planning and how to incorporate SOIs and all that good shit. So, but uh, also, as usual, we're stay also strapped. Plan a, get clapped. We're gonna plan a signals intelligence and small unit tactics 
class mixed together. We're not sure how we're going to do it yet, but that's a lot to squeeze in on a weekend. But yeah, Madman and I are going to figure it out. Oh, it's like a it's like an alumni class. Yeah, that's that's like a second, you know, two hundred level, three hundred level course. At, um, yeah, there's gonna be some big things. So you know, last on deck, obviously with a uh, two minutes left. Um, so first things first, you know, definitely check out the Twitter thread, uh, or the, the, uh, Twitter account rather, I put up threads fairly regularly on interesting things, give people something to read. Um, you know, it, it, it's, there's a hell of a lot going on on my end. I'm getting ready to head out West again. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be out there for a week, but, uh, we've got a lot right now. I know this is crazy to, to think. Um, you know, that, that it's September 1st, right? But we are already, you know, I, I'm already putting together all the way midway into 2023. And, um, you know, the scout course, upcoming scout course here in North Carolina, I have more trigger pullers in that class than I've ever had. Um, I'm very, very excited. This is going to be a huge class. It is going to be awesome. I just, and I'll be there too. So that's a bonus point. Yeah. I just ordered 4,000 more rounds of blank ammo uh, specifically for this class because of its size. And we've got the follow on recce course, which is almost full. Uh, the recce course is the second level of the scout course. And I have two slots left available in it. I haven't talked much about this. The alumni know about it. Um, the people on the forum know a lot about it too. So if you're not on the forum, definitely get over there forum.brushfeeder.org. And a lot of new folks are getting over onto the forum and um, you know, again, getting out on, on social media, that's kind of a, not a comfort area for me, but um, I am, you know, casting that net wide, trying to reach out to this, this huge audience, this great American audience out there, because it's what, what y'all deserve. It's what you need. It's getting that message out there. But the biggest thing is building a community. You know, uh, I was talking with uh, another person on Twitter, um, you know, conversing a, a little bit back and forth in the comments. And uh, some of y'all recognize the name, Max Morton, who is, uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff with Ford Observers, doing some some amazing things over there with the daily situational awareness and, and what have you. But, you know, we, we were talking about the fact that people need to get organized, that they need to find that organization. And he said something this morning that was very profound, and it, it's an opinion that I hold, but I've never put it in, in uh, ways that are so succinct. And it is, you know, the government is not scared of you having a rifle individually. They're scared of you organizing. They're scared of you working at the local level to interact, to network with people and to stand up, to collectivize and say, no, we're not going to take this anymore. Right. That's what they're afraid of. And with the forum, social media is only going to take you so far. The forum is only going to take you so far too. Right. But what you will be able to do is you'll be able to interact with people. At least the way that I structured the forum is to interact with people in a local context. Right. And so take that a step further. How do you communicate with them? How do we build that communications network? How do we integrate those skills that we cover in the RTO and advanced RTO course? How do we develop those? How do we cover the things that we're going to be covering in new classes that I've got on tap in 2023? How are we going to do all of those things? The forum is how we do it. 
So get over there, forum.brushbeater.org, also on tap. So as I said, Madman spilled the beans a little bit. We're working on some new things, new products to offer the larger community in 2023, and I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, so we've got a lot of things that are on tap. The web store, nah, Madman saying in the comments, my bad, nah, never, brother, never, never at all. Um, the web store, the web store is done. It's it's going to go live again. You know, I, I'm going to be away for a little bit, uh, teaching out west. I will be coming back when I am back. That is going live. And there is a hell of a lot that's going to be in there that's going to be awesome. And I'm really, really looking forward to getting that out. Yes, sir. Oh, you know, the the guys that were in the last class got the previews of the T-shirts and uh, some of the products, the Whiskey Grail itself. Yes! With the MVE, uh, as seen on the FBI's MVE list. Uh, But the Resistor. Of course, the diamond skull resistor that is the brush beater logo that is emblazoned on these wonderful cups. Madman Actual sent me a message while we were on the air saying, hey, man, I think I stole your cup. And you did not. Uh, You did not. So these are going to sell quick, by the way. It's the first run that I've got on tap. I spent a lot of money on these. And... You know, hey, it, it's it's I, I am giving the products the, the best products to the public possible. You know, and, and I'm not trying to sell anything. These things are going to sell themselves. I promise you. I promise you. I, there wasn't anybody that was unhappy with them there at, at class. We'll just put it like that. Um, you know, and, and you don't just need whiskey in it. You can drink rum. Rum pairs very well with these things. Red wine pairs immaculate. Uh, by the way. So as the ladies have told me, but um, with that said, scout course in November down in Florida. So if you are in Florida, if you're one of the Florida Patriots out there, you're one of the Patriots in the deep Southeast, definitely want to get in on that class. There is still room left and there is just over a month to get that in. It's going to be in early November and it is Florida. So, uh, you know, we're going to be, Probably a little bit wet down there. Um, you know, probably a little bit wet, probably still a little bit hot, definitely humid. And uh, you're going to want to get in on that class. Three days of incredible fun. Going to be hosted by Chris Weatherman himself, Angry American uh, from the Going Home series. And uh, I'm going to have him on Radio Contra tomorrow, along with another very special episode a candidate for public office out of New Hampshire and a member of the Free State Project. Uh, So I'm very, very excited to have both those guys on Radio Contra in separate episodes tomorrow. We're going to have a hell of a lot to talk about. It's going to be awesome. And um, folks, you know, seriously, starting off the show, very somber tone, upbeat. There's a lot of solutions, all right? Don't get beat down. This the the psychological operations right now are in full swing. They want you demoralized. Do not get demoralized. Do not get beat down. You're winning. Back for me. Back for me.